0: We're now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 248, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am your host, as always, Chris Featherstone. Wow, wow, wow. 248 episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pancakes and Power Slams Crave Wrestling community has been so amazing this year, so supportive. I really, really, really appreciate all the wrestlers that I've had every week here on the show. This Gentlemen, right here. I cannot end the year any better. I, I am so uh, honored and happy to have uh, this wonderful person on the show. Not only is he a wrestler, he is one of the best stickman uh, in the entire pro wrestling community, as you have seen in his time with WWE. He has a he has a golden voice, ladies and gentlemen, and. You are going to experience what I have experienced and what all everybody else have experienced throughout his time in WWE and in the independent promotion. Not, ladies and gentlemen, none other. I present to you tonight for the final episode of 2016, Ricardo Rodriguez. How are you tonight, sir? I'm
1: doing great. Wait, listen, hold on. We gotta we gotta do this a little bit. Uh, uh, you you have to put a little bit of oh, into the name, right? So, I mean, Ricardo <laughs> Rodriguez. <laughs> 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 no, Matt, congratulations! You're almost at uh, five years. Uh, five years of doing this, right? Yeah, you were off, uh,
0: absolutely. Uh, absolutely, we were saying we were talking off uh, off uh, off air, and I, I appreciate that uh, you bring that up. And uh, yeah, uh, April will be five years. And
1: um, and and, uh, and another thing that we were talking, speaking of uh, off air. I'm glad it's been a great year for you, but like uh, like I mentioned, as a whole, I don't think 2016 has been the best year that we've had as a whole. Uh, but there's been many, many things that have happened this year, especially with, you know, what happened today with Carrie Fish, you know, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. have the whole thing with, uh, uh, like, George Michael passed away a couple of days ago.
0: Christmas, and yeah. And then, like,
1: Donald Trump got elected into office. Like, it's been it's been <laughs> a pretty crappy <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, uh
0: I I I don't know the political affiliation with uh with my I'm about I'm in, I'm close to 15,000 listeners now. I have uh I have no idea of the uh demographic when it comes to political.
2: Um
0: but I tell you what, I didn't vote for Trump, I didn't vote for Hillary either. But at the same time, uh I have been told that I can do a very good Donald Trump, okay? So, um <laughs> So we got deals. Well, we got a lot of deals.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know too much, but I, I, and and I might be wrong, and I'm probably wrong. Um, he's still he's not he's still not official in office yet, right? That's he's still correct. just elect. January so, twentieth, when he gets uh, inducted. Right, so there's still time. There's still time for Bernie, for Bernie Sanders to back in. <laughs>
2: that's true that's
1: true
0: uh we, we there's an early- impeachment uh the electoral college officially voted him in uh this month uh but uh, you know there's there's an early impeachment there's that's the only way that uh we won't be seeing Donald Trump in office um unless uh you know he passes away I mean we don't want that on anyone we just talked about that uh so <laughs> so we definitely don't want that. But yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know, it's it's one of those things, man. It's uh, well, Bernie is older than Donald Trump is, so um, <laughs> so that's not that's not really the, the best uh, philosophy. But yeah, so uh, we were talking about 2016. Death, so I think that's a really good uh, starting point as far as just a uh, topic is concerned. I mean, 2016 has been a very Vicious year when it came, when it came to, nice. uh, you know, uh, celebrity deaths. I mean, like you said, George Michael, Carrie Fisher today, uh, you know, uh, uh, David Bowie, uh, Gene Wilder, uh, you know, there's, there's been so many, uh, deaths which one, um, which, which one affected you and impacted you the most?
1: Oh man. You know, like it's, it's, it's hard to stay. um, i well I would have to say it it was a more, more of a personal thing um i had uh my uncle pass away from uh diabetes he had cancer oh awesome. uh, this year and then um so everybody go get yourself checked yes um never know you might have something there that you don't know about Because uh, he um, he ended up he got really sick and then uh, had he had he gone in and gotten you know got himself checked out whatever he could he would have caught it you know right. he would have caught it early. Yeah. Um, but by the by the time he went he went in, it was already too late. So yeah. everybody go get yourself your checkups. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> Maybe true. at least twice a
0: year. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, I think you bring up a good probably. point. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a very very good point as far as just really getting yourself checked out. Because age, you know, you said it was your uncle, so you know he he was uh, a little uh, a little further in age, but you know I've known I've known people who have been in their twenties. Um, um, you know, a, a good friend of mine, you know, she realized she, she's, uh, she found out that she had breast cancer at 25. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So thank God that she was able to uh, get it early. Um, and, and she beat it and she's doing very well. Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, and, and, and it's great, but like you said, you know, just get checked out. So, um, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying. No, yeah, go go right ahead.
1: That was that was interesting, especially the older we get.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very good point.
1: As far as, far as
0: uh, a celebrity perspective, which which death uh, which death impacted you the most?
1: Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think probably K for today. they really hit me. Yeah. Because that was my childhood. You know, like growing up. Well, I mean, you know, like. Yeah, you know all that stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I think it hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think
0: it hit a lot of people from a social media standpoint. Personally, I would say um, Tommy from Martin. Remember, remember Martin, the show? Yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wow. You know, I was I was really surprised at Tommy Ford. Um, just you know, fifty two years old. George Michael's fifty three. Um Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a big uh, George Michael fan uh, growing up. Uh, and, yeah, and John Glenn, fellow Ohioan. I'm from Ohio.
2: John Glenn,
0: you know, uh he he passed away today too. So, I mean, not not today he passed away this year. Um so yeah, it, it was it was you're like your like you're, like like you said it's it's been a really tough year. Um but what has been good uh, has been your professional wrestling career post WWE in 2016. Let the listeners know what uh, you've been doing.
1: Uh, well, actually, the last month or so, I've been kind of taking it easy mm-hmm. of, of trying to heal up some wounds, uh, like my knees are messed up and my neck. But other than that, um, this earlier this year, I was in India. Um, I lived there for six months. I was training at the Great Kalis Academy over there, which is actually the actual official school in India. So you take this this country of I, I'm not even I don't even know how many billions of people they have. Um, and this is the only professional school that there is official, like actual, shoot, real, official school. Um, so when I first went in, I went in uh, a year ago, about, I think, October. And then uh, at the time, I had 23 students. That was, it was approximately twenty-three, twenty-five 25 students. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was done, I had 100. Wow. Let's just me by myself. So basically, I was training. Um I was training from like nine o'clock in the morning till like nine o'clock at night uh with about an hour between um for for lunch and um eventually little by little like i it took me a while but i got I, I convinced Kali to let me run little uh school school shows school matches for for the kids to get accustomed to working in front of a crowd yeah so uh started flying we started going into the town um and then just kind of passing flyers or whatever and little by little it started growing little by little um they they're still doing it today uh they're still doing uh week, weekly student shows and uh and i've seen recent videos of it and and uh, you can see that there's actually a crowd like a full crowd now all the way around the ring which is amazing to me because it's something that it took me so long to convince kali to let me do
0: yeah
1: um and then uh I, and then it was i think uh mid-February of this year, uh, I convinced Kali to, to let us run major shows, big shows, stadium shows. Well, cricket... Th- cricket is a big sport in India. So if you think to cricket field, cricket fields are large and massive. Um, so we were able to do three shows uh, earlier this year. Um, Ultracan, Gradun, and uh, uh, Ludhiana. Um, the first show... We were able to draw about I think it was like twenty three thousand Wow um, and uh and mind you, this whole thing was a headache going into it yeah the whole it was a headache it was a headache for me the day of each show, um, mm-hmm. but it was such a relief just afterwards, and then during the at the same time, at the same time like watching the show and seeing the crowd fill up and then just the stadium, the stage, all that stuff. Um, the second show. Drew about fifty-two thousand, um, and then the third one only because of weather. It started raining, and then uh, cricket cricket uh, cricket fields are all outdoors, so uh, there's there's no you know top. Um, so the third one because of weather, we only drew about eleven thousand. Um, That's still so, pretty uh, good, right? Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. And then we had uh, we had a lot of international international talent come in uh from Austria, from Canada, uh from the, here in the US. Um, we had guys like uh Brian Cage, uh PJ Black, Santana Garrett, Renee Michel, uh who else do we have? Crimson, Mike Knox, um, uh Katie Forbes, Chelsea uh, Green? Yeah, Chelsea Green. Um, yes Chelsea so we Green, had a lot of for advice. those
0: who for those who're listening Chelsea Green is Laurel Van Ness and uh Laurel Van Ness yes. uh, and TNA currently
1: yeah Yes, correct, correct. um which unfortunately she uh, she broke a collarbone bone uh, uh over there and it was it's always on the simplest of things i out i've, I've gone hurt on the dumbest of things and then i know a lot of wrestlers if if they're out there listening they'll know that you'll get hurt on the stupidest of things you, you'll you'll do this you'll do these like like retarded like dumb bumps like fall on your head all this sort of stuff uh, jump off of this and you'll be fine yeah because you jump into you jump into the ring out they go as you need it's it's always the dumbest of things
0: wow um,
1: <laughs> and um, so unfortunately she got hurt uh, so so she stuck around thankfully and then we uh, we sent her off sent her home but. Um, but uh, aside from that, like it was, it was a great success. They just did another one, uh, I believe, uh, about a month or so, two months ago. Uh, I wasn't there; for prior commitments. Um, but they did really well, and then uh, I know uh, this guy, uh, Brody Steele. He got a movie deal out of it
2: while he was over
1: there. He's uh, he's from uh, he's up from Canada, from um, the Maritimes, and uh, so he got a movie deal in India out of it. So he, uh, I think Mike Knox did as well. I think. Uh, so, so it worked out for them over there, which is great. And then, like, uh, yeah. So, like, that, that was that. That was that. After that, I did uh, I did about a week and something. After that, like, straight from uh, India in Australia, I was in Perth and then in um, Melbourne. Uh, so I did a, a week of training over there. Uh, did a couple shows, and then I finally came home <laughs> wow. after 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 almost seven months of being away from home yeah so I came home. I did a bunch of independence uh, out here um so uh so uh, it, it kept me busy thankfully and, yeah. and i'm I'm you know, since and I decided, uh, about a month or so ago a month and a half ago or so, mm-hmm. I decided to kind of you know take some time off because I had some nagging injuries from from a while ago that I just never let it heal uh so, but like this month this this month of December I've kind of taken it a little bit easy just to kind of like uh, you know to, to, to heal up because I, I want to start 2017, you know, good and and well and healthy. Yeah. um yeah. You're, so,
0: just, you're just what thirty, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't remind me, man.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm older than that, so don't, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I started racing twenty, so I'm. I'm it yeah. It is yeah,
0: crazy. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I started, I started at twenty and I we got signed at twenty-four. Yeah,
0: and absolutely. then. That's awesome. Uh let me ask you this. What's uh what? Okay, so you started in FCW under Ricardo Rodriguez, right?
1: Well, here's the thing though. I started backwards. I started on the road first and then got sent down to FCW. Oh. Uh, but but because like the I did a, I did a tryout with WWE the day after SummerSlam and then I I want to say 10. Okay. But I want to say 2010. Um, I, I might be wrong. I, I don't remember. I, was, I think it was 2010. So it was it was an actual tryout um, uh, with WWE in at the Staples Center the day after SummerSlam. And um, so in in that in this tryout, myself, Rusev, uh, this guy Alex Kozlov from uh, from New Japan and Ring of Honor, uh, so he was in it as well. Uh, Jory Rhyme was in it. Uh, there was a couple of guys that were there was like I think sixteen of us total, I think. Um obviously myself, Rusev, and uh and Alex Kozlov, we all got signed uh the, after the tryout. Um but because of their, their visas and you know, prior commitments or whatever, they took a little longer. Alex Kozlov, uh, Forever Hooligans, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Robert, with with Ricky Romero.
1: Rock yeah.
0: Romero, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, because of their visas and stuff, they, they took a little longer to, to get processed. Um, so we did the tryout. Um, they called us in for the next day cause we were only scheduled for that tryout that Monday. It was a Monday morning, nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock or something. And we were there for, we were seriously in the ring from like, what was it? Like 10 till like maybe two ish. Wow. So we were, yeah, we were there for a good while. And then, um. Um, I remember my, my trainers at the time were Rakishi Gangrel, Orlando Jordan, and this guy, Black Pearl. Those were my trainers at the time. Um, and I had only been there, I uh, had only been with them for about a year. Uh, cause they, they literally opened up a school around the corner from my house or like a, a couple of months from my house. So I ended up uh, going there for about a year. Um, it was, it was great. They, they taught me a lot. They taught me to <laughs> slow down. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that was the biggest thing that, that, that they told me was slow down. Um, but uh, but I, I remember the, the one thing that they told me was uh, whatever you do, just stay in the ring as much as possible. Don't I mean you're gonna get tired, but just don't show them that you're tired. Just stay in the ring as much as possible.
2: Yeah.
1: Which I did. <laughs> Which I did. Oh, I was I was dead afterwards, but uh, um, but I stayed in the ring as as long as as long as possible until uh, until they told me to get out. Wow. And um, and then sure enough, so they called us in the next day. Um, they called a, a few of us as extras for, for SmackDown. And they were going to do a double taping of SmackDown on Tuesday and a Wednesday because at the time they still had a brand split. So uh, I think the SmackDown guys were going to go off to like Australia or something uh, and they were going to be gone for like a week. So they were going to be back in time to film SmackDown the next week. So um, they did a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Of, of SmackDown taping. Um, cool, whatever. So they called us in for, for SmackDown. Um, and then they called us in again for the next day uh, for another SmackDown. Um, and then um, I, I was involved with uh, Alberto. This is the first time I meet Alberto as well. Uh, I was involved with uh, with his segments on both days, which is afterwards, they pulled me into the office and they asked me if I wanted to go to Boston the next week for Raw. Which I mean in my head I'm thinking, Oh, let me check my schedule, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um which I did. Uh and then went to Boston and um and then that was my raw debut and um and then they offered me a contract right there.
0: Now uh, how did me. it like what how how did it basically transition from a co a, a, a competitor to an um a personal announcer for Del Rio. Like what was you singing in the shower one time in a locker room or like were you like doing some type of opera or something like how did it come about for you to be a personal ring announcer?
1: Who who saw well, and, and who, I, who saw that talent said, in you? Well, uh well it was more so of a, a hey, DC Spanish kind of a thing. Oh. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> well, And we're in California. We're in Los Angeles. Everybody speaks Spanish there. Um, um, And I've I've mentioned, I've said this story many times. Um, They had actually picked out another guy to do this re-announcing deal. Um, But for whatever reason, he said he couldn't make it the next day. Um, So then the guy who got me the booking, his name is Jesse Hernandez. He's the one that got me booked for this tryout. Um, he goes and he tells uh, the, the representatives. He's like, "Hey, well, he speaks Spanish," which they come to me and they ask me, "Hey, have you ever um, have you ever done ring announcing before?" And then my, I've, I've never done ring announcing. I've, My my character in on the indie never talked because right? I was a big Muda you know, mark. I was a big muda, low key, super dragon mark. Right. Uh, they never talked, so I never talked. Um, so in my head, I'm thinking, in my head, I'm thinking, no. But, um, but I, I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, I've done ringing out before. And then they're like, uh, do you have a tuxedo? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Which I did it. I went to Salvation Army. I got a cheap suit. There was a bridal store next door to it or across the street from it. I'm sorry. And then I went there, I bought a bunch of both sides and then off I go. Okay, perfect. Um, so then we did uh we did rehearsals and then, um, and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, ring announcer, very proper, you know, you know, stand up straight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, da 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 uh And then I see Vince, and he's like, no, you know, be more animated and stuff, and be more Hispanic, whatever that means. <laughs> um, so so then I, I go back in my head, I'm thinking, okay, the, the the guys from Mexico, the AAA announcers, all that stuff, they're very, you know, like, ah, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and big and big, whatever which I did that, and then they liked it. And then um, it just kind of went from there. And I was actually, and this is a true story, I was only supposed to be there for de, uh, de, uh, Del Rio's debut. I wasn't supposed to be uh, a recurring character. It was just for the debut. But Vince liked it, and then he just kind of kept me around. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Well, that's, that's awesome. Now, you had some, and, and now, we got, uh, just a few more questions, but, one thing, one thing I saw that was very fascinating with me was your affiliation with the Ascension when it was more of a stable, uh, or uh, than a tag team. How did that come about? And you know, it was it was short lived, but at the same time, like, how did that? Who came up with that idea? And why did it? Why did your affiliation with them end so quickly?
1: I created it. I, I made it up. Oh, wow. I, I'm the one that with that group. Um, we used to do promo class, uh, every, I think Wednesday with, uh, Duffy Rhodes. Um, and then, uh, I think it was like Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. And, uh, but it was always, it was very rare that I actually get it because it was, as soon as we landed, uh, from wherever we were, we would have to go straight to FCW, check in. And then if they were done, they were done and we would just, you know, take off. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, we happened to have a flight that was nearby and we landed at nine o'clock. We're like, ah, damn it, we have to go in. Um, so we would go in. So in on, on the way, I would just start thinking of things. And I'm a big movie buff. I'm a huge movie buff. Um, and I'm a big fan of of, of Pacino in uh, Devil's Advocate. Okay. Huge fan. So, um, so I started, in my head, I, I was like, oh, I, I want to do something like that. So I did the monologue that he does at the end um, on, uh, on Keanu Reeves. So I did that once and then Dusty liked it. Uh I don't think he maybe he did, maybe he didn't, I don't know. Uh I don't know if he knew where it came from. Uh I think the only one that called me out on it was actually Simon Gotch. Okay. He's the only one that called me out on it. Uh he's like, Hey, that's from uh Devil's Advocate I'm like, Yeah. Is that nice? Um so he's the only one that called me out on it. But uh but I did I did that monologue and then uh and Dusty liked it and then um I started doing this thing, kind of something similar, but with each character of the invention. Uh Each week, I did it. I did it to somebody else. Um, uh, I remember, like, I think I did like on on Ethical. Um, who's uh, what? What's he doing now? The All Stars? Is, is that what he's doing? Uh,
0: the uh, shining stars.
1: He stars. So um, I did it on, on him. I was like, yeah, you're talented, but you're not as good as your 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 cousin or your brother or whatever it is. Like, yeah, you have all these skills, but... Uh, oh, yeah, he got over, but he needed an apple. I, I was just kind of going back and forth, and I did it on Shaw Guerrero, and I think that was the one that Dusty really liked, because I did it on Shaw, and I did it on her family. And, and um, she, Shaw was cool with it, because uh, I, I I ran it you know, by her prior. Yeah. But I did it on Shaw, and then, um, and then Dusty, he just loved it, so he, he decided to go with it. Um, so he came up, he sat us all down, whatever, because in my head, because I'm a huge... Spiritual guy, like I'm a huge hippie, so I wanted seven of us because there's seven chakras. Um, So I wanted each one of us to represent something different. And then um, he's like, Oh, no, that's too many. And I was like, Okay, well, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, Mr. Rodriguez. You cannot, I've interviewed many, many people who have been inspired by Dusty Rhodes, even if you totally bomb an impression. We have to hear a Dusty Rose impression, please. Oh, baby, I I, I
1: don't know. I, I, I'm not good at it.
0: <laughs> you said you said baby, like, you said baby like Dusty Rose, so that that's good enough. <laughs> Go ahead. We, we, uh, that's let's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you said that uh, he set you all down and he was he was moved by Shaw's uh, uh, promo. Well, your promo on Shaw?
1: I basically went off on her and her family and her mom and, and her dad and how she will never be as good as that unless she has some kind of a guidance kind of a thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, that she me, she needed me to get to where, she, where like, uh, her dad was. She needed me to get to even, like, where where her mom was. Uh, so I just went off on, on that kind of thing. Um, and I was, I was telling her, like, who are you serving? Are you serving them? Like, you know, what are they going to do for you? Like, you have to come to me. That kind of a thing. So I I I would kind of play uh uh, the the devil and the uh the uh, the angel at the same time, um, but um so anyway so so then um so then Dusty's like oh no that's too many I was like okay cool whatever so then I figured okay I'll turn it into like a triangle um you have uh, Connor and um 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 Bram uh, I forget what his name was Kenneth Cameron at the time. yeah, so we have them as a the tag team. Um, you have Epico as the uh the, the, the cruiserweight technical guy, uh you have Charlotte as the girl and you have me as a mouthpiece. So I wanted to do this like this little triangle thing. Um the Illuminati cup type of thing. Um so <laughs> so that was my idea and then um uh it went on and then we did a couple promos, then uh adventure <laughs> Dusty. Uh, Dusty was all for it. And then like one day he pulls him into the office and he's like, Hey, uh, I'm gonna have to get you, get you out of the Ascension. I don't know if it came from him, if it came from office. I don't know. Cause we, all, all the promos that we do that they take, they send to the, to Stanford. Um, well, I don't know if they still do, but I, back then they did. Uh, they would do the collection of the, the best promos or whatever. And they would send them off to Stanford. Um, so, uh, so he's like, hey, well, I got to get you out because it contradicts the character you're doing on TV. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, shoot. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, well, you're kicking me out of the group that I created. And then uh, uh, he turned them into vampires.
2: Yeah.
1: Which, I mean, at the time, at the, at first, when I first saw it, I was so livid. I was so livid. I was like, no, that's not what they're supposed to be. They're not supposed to be vampires. Yeah, um, that's uh, working out for them. But, yeah, like, you know how you yeah. know how, like, the the logo logo uh, is the the uh, the eye of uh, the eye of horse. Horse, yeah. So that's, it's all because of like the whole Illuminati thing that I just kept throwing out there. Yeah. Because I'm I'm huge into like subliminal things. I'm I'm such a big nerd when it comes to like subliminal messaging and all of that other stuff and. Um, Because I'm I'm into I'm into conspiracy theories I'm into all that stuff Doesn't mean I believe it But I'm into it It's the same thing With like the paranormal Like I'm a huge nerd When it comes to like Paranormal spiritual ghosts And all that stuff Like aliens and stuff I'm into it Doesn't mean I believe it But I'm I'm interested It sparks It it sparks my interest Yeah Um You know But anyway So I would throw Into all the promos I would throw something subliminal Just to see if anybody Catches it Um I was a big fan of that. So that's where like the whole, um, the triangle with the eye in the middle thing kind of comes from. Yeah. So
0: very, very interesting. Now, let me ask you this. What, what do you think about just how the mighty have fallen, so to speak? I mean, they were so good in NXT, but I don't think they've won a tag team match at all. You know, since probably the, the the very beginning when they came to the main roster, Uh, why, where do you think the the disconnect came from, as far as them being such a jobber style tag team and just falling from grace, you know, so so deeply, so 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 far?
1: I don't know, man. Like, I, I it, it really boggled my mind, and like, I I was really close at the time. I was really close with the uh, with Victor and, and his wife. I was really close to them uh, at the time. So, like, I remember. um, uh, I was like, I was on the phone with, uh, uh, I mean, texting with um, uh, Victor's wife when when they made the debut because we were like, oh my god, like they're, they're on TV, so we were like, marking out like back to, back and forth, and we were just like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And then like, uh, as time went on, uh, I started seeing that like they they slowly they stopped them, yeah. and, and I was just, so I hit her up one day. I was like, hey, did something happen? Uh, I mean, I know I, I don't want to ask him yet. <laughs> I don't know if he said something to you. She's like, I don't, I don't know um so i don't know i i honestly have no idea i have no idea um uh i, I don't know if they piss somebody off uh which could happen because it happens a lot i've I've seen it happen i know i've I've done my stupid things and i've I've been punished but thankfully because of uh del rio it helped out <laughs> they, they kind of like push it aside <laughs> throw a little dagger at me every so often for like um um, but I, I, I managed to survive for the for the most part, and then um, I, I honestly don't know. I, I really don't know like what happened. Uh, I don't know if it was creative yeah. that just had nothing for them at the time. I, I I really don't know. Like maybe the machine wasn't behind them because I mean if if they want to make something work, if the machine you, you can take you can take a pile of turd, but if the machine is behind it, they'll make that turd be the prettiest turd in the world.
0: That's right. And I've
1: seen this before <laughs> <thousands. laughs>
0: with gold veneer, with gold veneers.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's 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 a really good point uh last uh the
1: machine's behind you.
0: yeah that's that's true uh, and, and you know y- y- you make a really good point because a lot of people i've interviewed, I've interviewed i don't know probably 70 people and you know uh, many from the wwe and a lot of people say that same thing like you're doing like if if the machine's not behind you it's, it's kind of like a hamster. It's kind of like, you know, a hamster and a wheel, just kind of, you know, you keep, you keep pedaling, you keep pedaling, but you don't go anywhere. Um, and it's, it's sad. It
1: is. It is. And then you see it a lot. I mean, you see it a lot now. You've seen it in the past and you're going to see it again in the future. That's unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And actually punk the best in his little Python speech. Uh, like we're all, uh, we're all just a spoken wheel. You know, if one of the spokes breaks, the wheel's gonna keep going.
0: Yeah, so that's true. That's true. Um, well, I, I'm intrigued to to hear your thoughts as far as affiliating with RVD. Now, it was it was it was kind of weird to me uh, as a journalist and a fan. Um, you know, it, you and Alberto Del Rio just made so much sense. Um, so, uh, just I, I want to hear your thoughts on just the the, the face. Uh, Ricardo Rodriguez being, you know, not not really smug anymore, um, with Alberto Del Rio, and also your time uh, spent with RVD.
1: I've I've actually known RVD before WD, and We did a we did a music video. Well, I, we were a part of myself and Rusev actually mm-hmm. we were a part of his music video uh, that he did back when he was in TNA. Oh. And if you actually go, I think it's called like uh, Crushinator or Cushionator yeah. Something like that. We're in that. I, I, I'm I wearing a green mask, and then you can see Rusev in there. So we're uh, <laughs> we're over at. Really? So like this. So if you go back and, and watch, it, there's a there's. A, I know the music video's out there. He's like Crusherator, Crusherator.
0: Yeah. Rob, Rob Van
1: Damme. Yeah, the whole, the whole, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. and yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And also, if uh from uh, the tough enough from a like not this one. But the one, like, a couple years ago, the big uh, big black dude, Eric Watts, he's, like, my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in it as well. So, uh, <laughs> so basically, like, Rob is kicking your ass. That's what's the to do Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's very, so, very yeah, interesting. So, that was, yeah, that was the first one. Um, No, the whole thing with Rob was just, it was random. I remember um, it was before, I think it was, we were, in, I think, in Anaheim, California, I think. Yeah, we're in California, and then myself and Del Rio, we're just sitting on the by the bleachers, and we're just chit chatting, whatever. And then like, um, and Dean Malenko comes up to my, to uh, to us. I'm sorry, He comes up to us, and he says, "Hey," uh, he tells Del Rio what he's doing, and then he tells me, he's like, "Hey, Ricardo, you're with the uh, RBD." <laughs> and I thought at first, you know, because cause like Dean, Dean has this like sense of humor, like he likes to mess with you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so that's what I thought he was doing. I thought he was just messing with me, and then um. I was like, ah, that's funny. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, you're with, uh, you're with Rob. You're gonna interrupt Del Rio. Um, da 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 da, da, da. I was like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> He's like, yeah. And at, at this point, this is after Del Rio had killed me on uh, on Raw. Yeah. Um, off TV. I was off TV for about a month or so. Um, so I was like, okay, well, if this was seen back on TV, then okay, yeah, we'll do whatever. Um, so it was random. So uh, I think it was like two, three weeks into it, and, and Rob's cool. If you ever get a chance to meet Rob, Rob is chill. And then when I mean chill, he's chill. So he'll come up to you, shake your hand, and then just you know go you know goes off and does his own thing. Um, so it, we, myself and Rob, we never had the same click that uh, myself and Del Rio had. Uh, so um, so cool, whatever. Um, we do the whole thing, and then like I think it was like two, three weeks into it. I went up to Dean Malenko, and then Dean was always very approachable, very approachable, and, I, and he still is. Uh, and I asked him, I was like, hey, can I just ask you, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm thankful for this, but, like, I don't know why. Uh, what's, what's the deal? So that way I have an idea of how to act or how to do what I'm doing because um, I can't do the exact same thing with Rob that I was doing with Del Rio. So uh, I just kind of want to have an idea of the direction so I have an idea of what to do. So uh, he basically broke it down this way. He's like, we needed a bridge between Del Rio uh, and Rob and the title. That bridge was me. I was that bridge between Del Rio, Rob, and the title. So that's how they were able to connect. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, now it makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Random.
1: <laughs> random, but now I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it
0: uh, makes
1: sense. So that's how
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: That was basically it. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, and, and you said that was basically?
1: Uh, you're breaking up on me. You
0: you said that was basically it, yeah, um, as far as them being a bridge, you being a bridge between the two?
1: Yeah, between the two of the title.
0: Oh, Okay. Now, was there ever, ever any talks about Rob actually winning the World Heavyweight Championship at the time?
1: No, because Rob was only there temporarily. He was yeah. only there for like a, a three month thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just basically to put uh well he he had a couple of feuds, but that was his main feud at the time, makes sense. So my last question to you before we uh before we close, um, is that uh, you know, you, you were released from the WWE uh in two thousand fourteen I believe. Uh you reunited uh temporarily with uh, uh Alberto Del Rio to do some announcing work for him. you—you uh, you, Both of you have uh, kind of went your separate ways. Uh, he's doing a lot of uh, indie work now uh, with, with uh, different promotions in Mexico and the U.K. Uh, you just explained to us what you're doing now. Is there any chance that we will see the reunion of Ricardo Rodriguez and Alberto Del Rio?
1: Well, actually, that reunion has already happened, and it's still happening um we are both involved in an m m a company at the at the current time yeah called combat MMA. so he's the president of it. I'm the cage announcer um so we've been doing uh, media stuff together since uh mid november actually we, Yeah, mid november um we uh, we did a uh i think our first event was in uh uh New York City, and then from there we went to uh upper upper upstate new york we did a, a an event there and then we went down to mexico city to promote uh, a big event that we're going to be having on january 19th in mexico city so um for those of you guys who don't know uh Combat americas is basically the UFC version of uh well it's basically the UFC version <laughs> for for uh, latinos uh it's more so for for the latin american community um they have they have fighters from all over the americas so it's not just Mexico, it's, you know, Guatemala, Salvador, you know, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Peru, uh, Colombia, Venezuela, Panama, uh, all those, you know, all, all those countries from, from the Americas. Um, been doing that. We just, uh, signed a deal with TV Azteca, which, uh, if you don't know, TV Azteca is like the largest, uh, well, the second largest, uh, company, uh, sports company in, um uh, what channel, excuse me, uh, the, the second channel in, uh, in Mexico. So it's kind of like the ESPN, you know, Fox Sports, uh, the same relation um, for for Latin America. So we just signed that deal. I know they're working on other stuff internationally, you know, maybe in Japan, Korea, or something uh, overseas. Um, working on, on different things, um, but we're having our first major pay per view because uh, they've been having. Because we're, we're actually on on uh, on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, every every Thursday at uh, I think nine o'clock or ten o'clock. Um, so they have they, they've been recording they've been recording this entire year, um, locally. So so now that we have that TV Azteca, they're going to be working on stuff here in the states for actual exposure on an, a major network. Uh, which one? Uh, but we've been doing that. And, um, I'm actually very proud to be a part of it and it's, it's been great. And they, they truly me the, uh, the owner, the actual owner, um, was one of the creators of UFC. So <laughs> there's That's that. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I uh, saw the press release on that. Uh, definitely. Congratulations. Um, on that that's uh that's awesome and hopefully you you know hopefully you guys uh do get a big uh, network here i know ufc has a very strong affiliation with fox sports and i uh i'm a freelance writer for fox sports so um so, yeah so hopefully um hopefully that uh you know s- uh, something like fox sports will be able to to cover that or you know a lot uh l raid network is real big uh, in the states now with lucha underground
1: that- um, that's yeah. something that uh, that I can, I yeah. I I've mentioned to Del Rio in the past, so will see who who knows. Perfect. Oh, Ray will be, be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely well. Awesome. Appreciate you, Jesus. Um uh, uh AK Ricardo. Uh appreciate your time, man. It's been it's been a fantastic. Um uh, any, any reunion between uh, Del Rio and Rodriguez in a wrestling capacity?
1: Uh that I don't know, that's actually up to the promoters, so not not up to me. Yeah. I, I would love to. Definitely. Um, I, I know they've used us as a, uh, ring announcer and, uh, wrestler. I would like for us to tag tagged I every, mean, you know, you know, just you know, it'll be fun. Yeah. As a natural.
0: Yeah, it would. That would be very fun. Just don't be El locale again, please. Uh, no, no,
1: no, no,
0: <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a great time. Uh, Asus, I really appreciate your time. Any, any, uh, Uh, Events coming up at the end of the year, and where can we find you on uh, social media?
1: Uh, Well, as far as social media, it goes. uh, uh, Twitter is RRWWE still. Um, On Instagram, it's the letter J underscore Rodriguez 818. Um, And as far as uh, upcoming events, uh, like I said, I was actually taking time off just to kind of heal my wounds. But uh, this last week or so, yeah, this last week, I've, I've been kind of slowly getting back into the ring and. Just kind of testing out the wheels and see how how it goes, and um, I, I feel I feel great. So I'm, I'm looking to to fill up the calendar. Uh, as far as events, the only thing right now that I have is the Combate Americas on January 19th in Mexico City. Awesome.
0: Appreciate your time, uh, Ricardo. It's been a pleasure. Happy New Year.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Thank you to Ricardo Rodriguez for being tonight's special guest on the pancakes and power slam show episode 248 thank you so much once again ricardo robert we have a lot to talk about tonight including especially the pancakes and power slams crave wrestling year-end awards and who better to have it with the co-host with the most the doctor chris mueller how are you tonight sir
2: i'm doing great chris how are you
0: I am fantastic. I'm excited about uh, the show tonight. I'm excited about these awards.
2: Um, uh, we we both, you know we
0: we have our uh, awards. We have we have our picks for the the nominations. Uh, there's an impromptu category that uh, the listeners are going to uh, um, s- uh, hear us uh, vote for it as well. We'll uh, I'll tell you now, and it's rivalry of the year. That's one of our uh, that's the impromptu one that just uh, uh, that you'll think of, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll conclude it at the end of the show.
2: All right, sounds good.
0: All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, let's get the headlines. Here we go. <music> so we saw on SmackDown, um, John Cena just came back and <laughs> inserted himself in the not the Royal Rumble, but an opportunity. To basically, he just skipped the Royal Rumble and and said, "Hey, I I'll, I'll just I'm gonna go for the championship because I'm John Cena." Uh, we'll talk about SmackDown as a whole uh, here in a moment, but there were some there was some rumblings. There was a there there was an interesting vignette released yesterday uh, that kind of commemorated uh, the relationship between John Cena and Samoa Joe. Uh, the UPW roots, uh, John Cena going over to, to Samoa Joe's mom's house for barbecues. It. Uh, I wrote about it, and it was really, really interesting that it made me think of, you know, why in the world would the WWE just automatically, just, just randomly, uh, you know, post this type of video if there's nothing behind it? So is there is there an opportunity, is there a chance um, that we may see John Cena and Samoa Joe on the horizon? And what are your thoughts?
2: I think it's definitely a possibility. Cena still has years left before he's done competing. And it's only a matter of time before Joe's on the main roster. And I would love to see it because it's that, it's that TNA versus WWE feud that everybody wanted to see in like 2007 or 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already had the AJ Styles versus John Cena. And now it's Samoa Joe versus John Cena. And, You know, Cena performs great in big match situations, and Joe is always solid. So, I don't see them being able to do anything but have a great match.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what—I've been very, very, very critical of John Cena in the past uh, dozen years, at least, really since (laughs) he stepped foot, because he, uh, he, he beat Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho is my modern day uh favorite wrestler what been my favorite wrestler in the WWE for I don't know since he got there really um and so yeah just just as a, from a personal standpoint as a fan you know I've been bitter for, from John Cena uh, since 2002 but uh yeah, I mean, you know, just uh, there there was a lot of things I criticized about John Cena. But the past couple of years I would say that uh, he's actually earned uh, a great deal of my respect, especially with the US Open Challenge. Um and to really give AJ Styles the nod that he did this year was uh was was really, really good. Uh to, to put him over to put Dean Ambrose over on a SmackDown episode, you know things like that really showed that uh, Cena is really investing in passing the torch.
2: Oh yeah, and plus, remember how dominant Brock Lesnar was over him in their last match. I mean, that was yeah, that that was nothing short of a massacre. It was something I never expected to see Cena do. I don't think Cena's a selfish guy a lot of people do I think Cena is a company man Vince McMahon wants Cena to be pushed Cena gets pushed he goes along with it what's he gonna do you know argue and say hey I need to lose more often it's not really something that happens (laughs) but you know I thought his promo tonight was fantastic because a cocky John Cena is what we've needed for a while you know, everybody is tired of the golden boy, American hero, John Cena. It's time for him to embrace the fact that he is the face of WWE and start throwing his weight around a little bit. Everybody seems to think he does it, so he might as well just do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, knowing John Cena and, and WWE, you it know, was, it was a good promo. And like I said, we'll get to the two in a minute, but I, I don't know how far I'll get. Uh angled uh addiction he started as an addiction uh, app um just with helping people uh, recovering from drug addiction I uh, wrote an article about that as well um because I just found it so fascinating um that he would do something like that and he also you know as as of as of right now um there' the, the, the there's the date is still open for Royal Rumble Appearance 1, and there was just some news that broke uh more even more recently that uh, the WWE has contacted him about a return. So uh, it just seems like, uh, it seems like not if, but when at this point.
2: I, I've always been open to the idea of Angle returning for a, a short run. I don't think he'll ever be a full-time performer for anybody again. He's gotten to that point in his career where I just don't think his body will allow him to. But, you know, if he came back, won the Royal Rumble, had a run with the WWE title, I wouldn't complain at all. He's still one of those guys that he's always gonna get a pop out of me because he's just so good at everything he does.
0: Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, he can he can still go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Royal Rumble, so there was some interesting information that was uh given uh, that was uh reported earlier this weekend and I wrote about um uh very popular uh insider. Uh he basically said that the reason why the forty man Royal Rumble uh, is no longer uh because the WWE at the time thought it was a very bad idea. Now what are your thoughts about the Forty Man Royal Rumble uh as of as of what it it seems that that's the last the first and the last time. But here's the thing. Uh it it, it would appear as if there would be a better Opportunity to do a 40-man Royal Rumble nowadays Because of the NXT talent because of the brand Split but at the same time It did seem a bit overloaded At the time because you know how a Royal Rumble is there's usually Really three or four People who really have a viable Chance to win every year Everything else is for Surprise entrance and you know, just the the, the spectacle of the Royal Rumble match. What are your thoughts of a 40-man Royal Rumble?
2: I, I, I didn't really care for the one that happened previously, but I'm not necessarily against the idea in general. I just, I think the problem with the last one was it felt like people were coming out a lot closer together than they did in years past, and nobody really had an opportunity to stand out for very long but, you know, at this point, with Raw, and I mean, they're probably going to do a four-hour Rumble pay-per-view, is my guess, because that seems yeah. to be the new trend with the big four pay-per-views. Right. And mm-hmm. both rosters have 30-plus members, plus you have NXT. I don't see why they couldn't do a SmackDown Rumble to open the show and a Raw Rumble to close the show.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um. I'm usually not a kind of oversaturating things, but that that sounds interesting initially, yeah.
2: You know, I mean, it's not like they both have to last an hour. You have the guys come out every minute and a half, and, you know, it lasts 47, 48 minutes maybe, and, mm-hmm. and that's that. Yeah, that's like
0: an old-school uh, <laughs> Jim Duggan
2: Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, you know, it's so funny um, – uh, one of the Crave Wrestling staff members, uh Derek, he, he was the ongoing co host for uh four years. Uh he's still with the he's still with us but uh, has some scheduling uh conflicts that he's in the, the back office now and and but you know it's funny uh we used to watch uh <laughs> um old school we just watched D V D wrestling DVDs all the time and I and I uh, we would we, we would meet at uh we both are here locally and we would meet up uh, and do some like dinner, or, or he, he would be come over to my house, I would go over his house and just discuss the show. And we would just throw a DVD in there. And it was one time where I bought the Mid-South uh, collection DVDs. And it was absolutely hilarious because Jim Duggan, he was one of the biggest stars uh, in Mid-South. And the announcer, the ring announcer, would – announce his name as Hacksaw Jim Dugan and so so every time we hear someone say Duggan we say Dugan and because of that very fact that he would be announced as Jim Dugan uh, in the Mid-South we just thought that that was absolutely
2: hilarious yeah that kind of stuff does kind of crack me up too whenever people make those little slip ups I mean Lillian Garcia's got enough of them oh, man
0: she has the she is the queen of, of slip up. So there's some there's some reports that uh, she may not be all the way gone from the WWE. Is, is she uh, kind of missing uh, the WWE? She's been around for so long. It just seems like she keeps wanting to break up with him, but just can't let him go.
2: I mean, they don't really necessarily need her at this point, but bringing her back would be one of those things, like, she still has a lot of fans. Mm -hmm. She's popular online, and I think one of the main reasons she left was to help her father, and unfortunately her father just passed passed. away, so I'm almost wondering if once she's done with the grieving process, if she's going to want to, you know, make herself busy again.
0: Yeah, well, and it makes sense, because you have to think about, you know, she's got a find something to pay her bills. <laughs> the singing career didn't really jump off that well. Um she is what, about fifty now? she's about fifty now, isn't she? And so she's up there in age. Um so I don't think that, you know, starting a I mean it, it can be possible, uh, but I don't think, you know, is a really yeah, she's actually fifty. Yeah, she turned fifty this year.
2: Um she looks still, good for fifty.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that it'll really jump off, you know, her, her, her career as far as a singer. So, you know, she'll be back but real quick. There was a time, there was a, some type of interview or some type of, uh, it may have been a, a excerpt from his podcast that I heard recently from Jim Cornette. He has uh, he has a, he's very, very stern about women. Being announcers uh, he He's totally opposed to it uh, he, he's, he's nearly totally opposed To it um, Because he said that Wrestling and WWE in general Is more about image than it is about Quality as far as the Howard Finkels and uh, when Lance Russell was an announcer and, and, and people Like that um, What what are your thoughts on that real quick
2: I think Cornette's just An old fashioned guy who's stuck in his ways I, I'm I'm in the camp of if somebody's a good announcer, then put them in an announcing position. It doesn't matter who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. mean, Cornette's said some crazy stuff over the years. At this point, I just don't even pay attention to that guy anymore because he's so bitter. Yeah.
0: And that's and it's sad. Um,. I heard something else, an excerpt that he was saying that wrestling is dead. I mean, he did make some really good points as far as just wrestling then and wrestling now and just, you know, wrestling having more of an MMA type of feel to it, which I, I don't think it should. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 sad because it is – a lot of it is that. I mean, just, just him just getting bitter and just really not um, – <laughs> really caring about, you know, here's here's my thing. This is how I feel about pod wrestling podcast hosts. I don't care who you are. I think that it's hard to criticize the brand, the the, the today's brand. And, I, and here l- 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 here's the thing. It'll be five years in April since I've done this podcast. So and I and I've watched every single raw since then, and every single raw period. And I can do a then and now because i watch both, you know, every week. Well, you know, I, I, it's not like I'm an occasional uh, watch or anything. And so I criticize the product because it has stepped down. But I, I have a – there's a certain type of um, – there's a certain type of criticism that I have with podcast hosts uh, that just – you know, craps on the product now, but don't even watch it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, Cornet does that. Russo does that. And, you know, it's like, don't crap on today's products if you have no idea what's going on.
2: Yeah. And you know that they're sitting at home, at least watching clips on YouTube Mm -hmm. because they clearly know what's going on. Otherwise they wouldn't be criticizing it. And quite frankly, you know, everybody's allowed to have their opinion, but I don't think the talent pool in WWE has ever been better than it is right now. Just because that's the fair. storytelling isn't great mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the matches aren't some of the best we've ever seen. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, it's and that's that's a that's a very good point. Um <clears throat> so yeah, and and next we have uh, Drew Galloway uh, leaving TNA. Um possibly so his, his his contract's up in February. Um so it's one of those things that he's teasing it. Uh it doesn't really seem like they have much form uh right now. Um but at the same time, you know, it's it, I don't know I don't know how I feel about him coming back to the WWE. Um because they did such a bad job with him. But you know, it 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 could be where they do something better with him, but I I highly doubt it. Um, But I I think Galloway and New Japan just sounds good to me. There's something about that that clicks.
2: Yeah, he could be real good over there. I mean, he's a great hand in the ring. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be on that level of, you know, the, the John Cena's and the Kurt Angle's of the wrestling world, but... You know, he he could very easily carve out a main event career for himself in Japan, just like a lot of guys have gone over there and done. He's got the look, he's got the skill, and, you know, they, they love bringing the American wrestlers in over there to mix with the Japanese wrestlers, so... I mean, he's not American, sorry. He's European, but you yeah. know what I mean. Guys who made yeah. their name in America. Gaijin's,
0: yeah. Gaijans. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Um,
0: <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be good. There's something, you know, here's the thing. With him potentially leaving, I think that he'd be such a good addition to the, the UK division in WWE, though.
2: Well... From my understanding, the UK division is pretty much going to be other promotions, just kind of taping matches, and right. WWE will kind of compile them. So I, I don't know which promotion he would work best in, because I don't know that much about the overall promotions over there. I just base knowledge of some of the talent. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, because he has WWE experience, he would be a great person to bring in, at least for the tournament, kind of like how they did with Tajiri and Kendrick, just to test the waters and if the fans respond, you rehire the guy. If they don't, you tell them good luck with your future endeavors.
0: Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to to insert them, absolutely. And then uh, the last one here, the last (laughs) headline, I just thought was absolutely funny, so I had to talk about it separate from the show. We'll transition into the show after that. So in the beginning of the Raw, the beginning of Raw, you know, you have your, you're a, uh, an, an outside Chicago native. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you know the Chicago crowd uh, being, oh, yeah. you know, from, from around the area. And so it's, you know, very, um, very anti establishment type of crowd, typically, uh, one of the most raucous crowds uh, in the entire nation. Uh, sometimes, you know, I love I love I love awesome crowds. I love it, love it, love it. But you know, I have I, I don't I'm not I don't really like crowds that kind of put themselves over more than the product. And um sometimes Chicago can be notorious for that. Especially when you know, especially when they do the CM Punk chance, which I just I hope die a miserable death. Um but here's the thing. I always love when Stephanie McMahon out trolls the trolls, and she has she has a one liner for days off the cuff when it comes to CM Punk chants. and you know she did not fail us on Raw when she talked about you know if it was two more two minutes and fifteen seconds more it'd be one more second than Punk la- CM Punk lasted. I-, I thought that that was absolutely hilarious, and you know it just seems like the crowd was like. Oh, you got us. You know what I mean? And it just seems like a, a lot of times when she throws those one-liners, she's already a heel. So she doesn't, I mean, the more heat she gets, it's just helping her as a heel. So it's like, it, it's, I just think those one-liners are hilarious.
2: Yeah, I, I really like them too. And I, I totally agree with you about, you know, crowds need to just enjoy the product and not worry about what kind of champs are going to appear on TV. But Stephanie, She does a great job at that stuff. I'm a big Stephanie McMahon fan. A lot of people give her guff, but I'm I'm a supporter. And mentioning CM Punk's name is not going to hurt WWE, so they might as well take advantage of it and use it to get some heat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And they chant it when it's funny. They chant it when she it just helps her get heat. I mean, it's just, it's just hilarious to me. Uh, real quick, yeah. your raw and SmackDown thoughts.
2: Uh, well, with Raw, you know, it, it was an up and down show, but I'm officially on the Braun Strowman bandwagon. That guy, mm-hmm. WWE has found an interesting way to to book this guy and. I like watching him run out there and tear through four guys that nobody wants to see wrestle anyway. I mean, the thank you Strowman chance or thank you Braun or whatever they were saying, that was hilarious to me. But um, besides that, you know, I thought the main event was a good match, but they've been doing it too much. They need to start switching things up. It feels like we've been seeing reruns almost. But, yeah. uh you know, SmackDown, Polar Opposite, I loved this week's show. I thought all three matches were great. I thought the backstage segments advanced some feuds really well. And th- that, that main event was just killer. And it, it totally sold me on Baron Corbin. I was already a fan, but I wasn't behind him as a main event talent at this moment. But he really held his own with Ziggler and, and Styles, and, and they put on a show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree uh, And just your assessment of both really I mean, I, on the Raw review, I talked about Just the redundancy of Raw Just uh, the over and over again and, and again, we see a full match Between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens I, I don't understand that whatsoever You First of all, you get a full match Before roadblock to get Roman Reigns Into the number one contendership You get... Uh, a match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns at Roadblock. It was a screwy finish, but it was still a full match. Now we get another full match with Roman beating Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, pin pin him. There was there was some distraction, but he still pinned him. And then in a few weeks, we're going to see another full match of the Royal Rumble. I mean, as a fan, I do not understand how I'm supposed to get emotionally invested. For the culmination, which should be the pay-per-view, the pay-per-view, that's the reason why pay-per-views, a lot of people believe that pay-per-views are just another version of Raw because, first yeah. of all, it's shorter than Raw because Raw is three hours and five minutes, and pay-per-views yeah. are a little less than three hours, so it's, it's shorter, and it's, it's just a regurgitated version of Raw and we see that after the, the raw, after the raw, after whatever pay-per-view, it's usually one or two matches at the exact same on the pay-per-view. So it's, as a fan, it doesn't give me anything to be emotionally invested in to lead to the pay-per-view. And I just don't understand that. SmackDown. I agree. I agree. I love the way the SmackDown is really grooming new stars. That's what the, that's what the brand split should be about. And I think that, um, like you said Corbin is just I was a Corbin fan uh in the in NXT um because here's the thing the reason why I was a big uh Baron Corbin fan is because I wanted him to lose <laughs> that that's like you know and he's a heel like he Chicago cheers heels but they booed the mess out of Baron Corbin and that alone is a job well done you know and yeah. I, you know, Corbin is, he's a great heel. He's just very cocky, smug. He's arrogant. You know, he doesn't like anyone. He's a lone wolf. He is one of the, the most purest heels in the WWE. Him and Miz are just on the top of the line when it comes to, when it comes to heels, people don't like them. And that's the point of the heel. So, and that, that, that triple threat match was absolutely fantastic. So. Alright ladies and gentlemen Without further ado let's get to the Flavor of the Week The Crave Wrestling Year End Awards Here we go It is now time for the Flavor of The Week Gentlemen Let's start off With the Crave Wrestling Year End Awards Here we go (laughs) Chris, uh, it's uh, it's a big deal.
2: (laughs) That's pretty grandiose.
0: (laughs) Yes, very much so. All right, uh, let's start off with uh, Did you pick your rivalry of the year yet?
2: You know, I'm I'm going back and forth a little bit on this one because there's been quite a few good ones, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say. AJ Styles and John Cena just because it's what legitimized AJ Styles and made everybody realize WWE would actually use him the right way.
0: I agree. That is also mine, John Cena versus A. J. Styles. I think that's probably the only really consistent um <clears throat> rivalry of the year, um, that actually boosted someone up. I mean, like very good. <laughs> um Especially AJ Styles being a new talent in the WWE and John John Cena was the person to use. He was the perfect person to use um, To help him just really cement his role as a top star. All right, let's get to best tag team. Who you got?
2: I gotta go with the new day. I mean I love American Alpha and I'm so happy they're champions over on SmackDown, but they just don't have as much time in on the main roster New Day held the titles almost all year. Every time they come out in front of the camera, they are entertaining. They have good matches. Just all around solid tag team. Yeah, I I agree. I mean,
0: you know, it's a hands down New Day for me, not Mm -hmm. only because I like them, not only because they're my favorite tag team, because they, you know, it it just seems like it would have been totally insurmountable for someone to actually break the record as many times as we have, you know, certain title changes, lack of storylines in the WWE nowadays, it just seems like it would be unheard of for someone to break the, uh, the record this, you know, 25 years later, over 25 years later. And, you know, it's, it's really, really interesting. And and I, and I think that uh, they deserve to be the best tag team They deserve to break the record. And uh, I don't, I really don't think that there's another. I mean, with the way the WWE has gone, with just the storyline developments and and the the pay per views every other week, and just the quickness, and just the, you know, just the just the really lack of development when it comes to storylines. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see that being broke. Um, so yeah, I mean, hands down, news that New Day. I like American Alpha a lot. Uh, I don't think I, I think the title change was premature. For them to have them win the championships, uh, I I would have put it on a bigger stage. Um, But you know, uh, they deserve it as far as athletic ability. But I think from just a uh, a character development standpoint, I I wish it would have been a little a little longer, a little little more grand stage. Who you have for the worst tag team?
2: Yeah. I gotta go with the Shining Stars, and that's not because yeah. of their fault. That's WWE's fault. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: that's a, <laughs> a very top candidate for me. Uh, my my vote was the Ascension. I think uh, I don't think they've won a match. Uh, maybe one <laughs> since they came on the main roster. Two maybe. Uh, I, I just their win loss record is an absolute embarrassment. That's why I really I mean I knew about uh, Ricardo Rodriguez you know adventing the, uh, uh, the 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 Ascension, but I really wanted to get his thoughts on that because i mean they they've been booked so poorly in the wWE that is absolutely embarrassing so yeah it was it's it's the Ascension for me because I don't see anything i mean there there's a bunch of ideas that I see that ascension can can go with. But, uh, you know, just like Ricardo Rodriguez said, I, the machine's not clearly not behind the ascension, and I doubt that they will be. Uh, who do you have for uh, uh, most likely to succeed in 2017?
2: I'm actually going to have to go with Finn Balor on this. I think he has the keys to the kingdom, and when he comes back, he's going to get pushed right back to the top.
0: Hmm, good choice uh Baron Corbin for me um not only you know in in this was my vote before tonight and tonight just absolutely solidified it um number 1 I want to see a Corbin Taker match in some capacity I think that that match at SummerSlam would just be absolutely phenomenal uh, if if this if WrestleMania is not Taker's last match um and just I can see Baron Corbin winning the at least a mid-card championship, at least intercontinental. But I think that he has that heelist quality uh, to, 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 to win a world championship uh, by th- this time next year. Um, I'm, it's not a bold prediction that he will, uh, but at the same time I, I certainly think that uh, he has what it takes to become world champion. Who you have for the best face turn, the best baby face turn?
2: You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I really couldn't think of an amazing babyface turn that stood out. I tried. I, I went back through some of my pay-per-view coverages just to try to remind myself of some storylines, and yeah. I, well, I wasn't coming up with anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll pick the New Day um, just because, you know, they they were heels uh, earlier this year, and the, um, they became babyfaces kind of by default. Ish you know they were feud with the league of nations and kind of saw themselves kind of get into that babyface face role um, and, and it wasn't a Like big grand baby face turn I, I mean I think you bring up a good point There wasn't a lot to choose from <laughs> um, And I think that uh, yeah they, they fit that role who do you have for the best heel turn
2: I'm actually going to go with with Neville that that was my favorite heel Turn of the year because it took somebody who was so poorly used ever since he was called up from NXT, and immediately made him into something somebody everybody's talking about.
0: Oh yeah, I think Neville's heel turn was absolutely fantastic. Uh, my my choice was AJ Styles, um, just because you know he was he was. Uh, he he had such a a really really good uh, opportunity to uh to to become you know a top babyface star, uh but at the same time you know he did you know he turned around and uh, just <laughs> clocked John Cena <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. uh you know I think him I think him and Neville did a, a kind of a similar. Heel turn. I mean, Neville just walking up to Rich Swan and just you know doing it that way. I think that was funny. I think that was great. Um, and then AJ Styles,
2: um,
0: you know, he did the he did the Shawn Michaels style uh, heel turn when the the, the 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 wrestler kind of celebrates and then walks right into you know lights out.
2: Uh,
0: Shawn Michaels is notorious for that That's hilarious, he did that with Jannetty He did it with Hogan I mean, just the Michaels Heel turns are are some of the best ever
2: Uh, Who do you have
0: for match Of the year?
2: Are we going NXT Everything or just main roster?
0: Main roster
2: Uh, I'm going to go With Banks and Charlotte, Hell in a Cell. Mm. Not because yeah. I think it was it was the most well booked match because I think the outcome of it was kind of obvious heading into it. Mm-hmm. I I just thought that the way WWE treated it was spectacular.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was a. I, I like the you know the first Hell in a Cell. Um, you know, all on that and just well, you know, as far as the females, I didn't like the ending, like you said, but I think the hype behind it was uh, was really good, especially it being in Boston as well. Um, yeah, for me, and was, main event, you know. Yep, exactly. And main eventing. Uh, for me, there's no, it, to me, hands down, without even a close second place to me was Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Uh, I just... That match was. I haven't felt. I haven't marked out like that for a match in probably 15 years. I just. I just. I. It was so amazing. As a, I felt like a kid again. I felt like a teenager in high school watching Bill Goldberg spear somebody, spear Hogan in the NWO. You know what I mean? It, it was just the, the the emotion that came behind that match, just surpassed anything that the wwe has offered in quite some time i mean just to me it just embodied what pro wrestling was all about just the passion the, the, the heart the just just the investment in characters it was absolutely amazing it was shocking too i mean everybody had were, just about everybody had uh, uh brock lester winning that match all right gimmick of the year
2: I mean what 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 constitutes a gimmick here? I mean are we talking is John Cena a gimmick because he's basically just himself or are we talking like crazy characters like Gold Dust? Uh
0: just the, the the best character that uh, of 2016 in WWE. The Miz. The Miz. yeah, that's a good that's a good choice. I think um I think that's a good one. Uh again, this was hands down for me Chris Jericho. Um you know, just the scar <laughs> putting over scarves, putting over plants, putting over lists, uh, you know, just, just, you know, this. You
2: just made the list!
0: They're pretty so all, As far as the reason why Jericho is the, the gimmick of the year to me, just 46 years old, reviving this character the way he does, the way he has this year has been absolutely fantastic. All right, so let's get some drum roll for you, Chris, for the superstar of the year. Here we go.
2: Well, all the reasons you just listed for Chris Jericho being the gimmick of the year are the reasons I'm saying he's the superstar of the year. Nice. Uh, yeah, the you the guy is, is the good. guy cannot Great. fail. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you you won't get a disagreement from me. <laughs> Chris Jericho's my guy, so I I agree. All right, so drum roll for me. Superstar of the year goes to AJ Styles for me. Um I still am very critical about his character. Um, you know, I, I still think that there's some character development that needs to go with AJ Styles. He's not a good enough heel cause he, I mean, he gets cheered. He's, he's kind of going against the grain because he's still he's so good. I mean, he does amazing moves. He's not a heel wrestler. So that's what I don't like about AJ Styles, but you know, AJ Styles, man, he's been the man, you know, through and through, I mean, 2015, 2016, it's it's amazing that someone at the tail in his career seemingly can just revive his career after TNA and just be such the man, you know, have a, a nice ROH stint, have a nice New Japan stint, and then this year, you know, debuting as, you know, in, number, in, in the, at the Royal Rumble, uh, I believe it was the third entrant, if I'm not mistaken, um, lasting for a long time, and... Feuding with Jericho, teaming with Jericho, uh, you know, and then eventually making his way to uh, feuding with John Cena, winning the world, uh, the WWE World Championship, now the WWE Championship.
2: Um,
0: just absolutely incredible year for AJ Styles. Um, that that certainly deserves uh, the the rest, the superstar of the year for me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Crave Wrestling Year-End Awards. Uh, very awesome stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm really happy. Of course, we'll do this every year. Um, and <clears throat> we'll just, uh, you know, we'll just continue to have this, so we'll give it a big applause. Uh, Year-End Awards. All right, Chris, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, got a couple minutes left, but... Uh, Everybody know your closing thoughts for 2016.
2: You know, 2016 had its fair share of terrible storylines and and repetitive matches and all that, but I mean, I, I could list 20 Match of the Year candidates and still keep going if I just read a list of the matches. I mean, we've seen the best wrestlers in the world come to WWE for the first time and be embraced and actually be used properly. The Cruiserweight Classic was one of my favorite things from the whole year. The, the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic, all these tournaments WWE is doing, in my opinion, is really helping to kind of shake the product up a little bit. But, you know, n- nothing really compares to just how far the women's division has come. It, all those women are just Working incredibly hard every single night they go out there, even if they only have a couple minutes. And, I mean, geez, Alexa Bliss's night with the elbow thing. I mean, yeah. when, did, when have you ever seen that in a guys' match? You're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: that was just, that was so unnerving to watch, but at the same time, awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how else to describe it. Like, it creeped me out and made me mark out a little bit at the same time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I I yeah uh,
0: I I agree with you. I I think that the women's division this year, um, this year was the women's revolution. Not last year, but this year, <laughs> um, because you know such a marquee match at Royal Rumble between Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's year, you know, to me, you know, if there's a female superstar of the year, uh, she would be up there. You know, overall, she's in the top three. Um, yeah, I think that just the woman in general, um, the fact that there was a SmackDown championship to give Becky Lynch a chance who 100% deserves a title, um, to be a champion. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's been absolutely amazing. Sasha Banks and Charlotte's feuds. I love it. Just the branding, you know, NXT has, has given us fantastic, fantastic production. Really looking forward to NXT Cruiserweight division I you know I'm still There's still some criticism I have For the cruiserweight division but I think It still allows and gives Those people an opportunity uh, To really shine I mean You know Neville just regularly turning Heel you know on Raw Wouldn't have as much impact as being Called the king of the cruiserweights and Saying where's my crown you know when he Defeated uh, uh, Rich Swan On 205, 205 Live uh, After Smackdown so Yeah I mean I, I think there's some promise I think there's some promise in into two thousand sixteen you know there's there's still there's always gonna be that part of me that wants storylines that wants development, but you know when you see stuff like the the duel between Jack Gallagher and Arya davari um you know that's to me that's what wrestling's all about, you know, so cool stuff all right, as always. You know, just in case someone forgot, or we have a new listener, let everybody know where uh, where they can find you on social media.
2: Uh, on Twitter, I'm br underscore doctor, and I'm all over Bleacher Report. Absolutely.
0: Well, Chris, enjoy your new year, and it's been a fantastic run once again.
2: Thanks for having me on, Chris. You have a good new year too. You too. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, 248 episodes, 2016 is coming to a close. This is the final uh, edition of the Pancakes and Power Sam Show of the year. Thank you so much for being a part of the show throughout the entire year. I am so honored and so grateful for all the support of the Pancakes and Power Sam Show. Thank you to all the wrestlers who have been interviewed. I, I the, the list is too long. I'll say it one, I'll I'll Post it one day (laughs) I don't, I don't, there's so many That I'm so grateful for all of them Specifically, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez Closing the year with us tonight Uh, Thank you so much for availing your time uh, And talking about Your endeavors, (laughs) I'm glad that you're Healing up pretty well to get uh, 2017 started Uh, All the celebrity deaths (laughs) Just praying for the families and friends Of um, all the celebrity Deaths and all of the depths in 2016 period My thoughts and prayers are with you all Enjoy your 2016, the rest of it God bless, be careful And you all have a good night Chris Featherstone signing off Pancakes and Power Sam Show 248 God bless, goodbye